Hey everyone, welcome to the Student Ministry Conversations podcast with your hosts Russell Martin and Brent Aiken. We're glad that you're joining us today and we hope you find this conversation helpful, insightful, and encouraging as you lead your students in ministry. We wanted to take a minute and stop and remind you about our social media. You can find us at Talk Student Men on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then also we've started a YouTube channel where you can look at us, Student Ministry Conversations, and you can find it there. Also check out our website, www.studentministry.com conversations.org. There you can find show notes, blog posts, and different things that um, correlate with all the different episodes of the podcast that we've had so far. Today we are going to hear a conversation with Russell, um, and he had a conversation with Lauren Bedavian, and she's a children's pastor in Houston, Texas, and they talked about the importance of partnering with the children's ministry. So Russell, this was your conversation. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, you may be wondering why are we talking about children's ministry on a youth ministry podcast, but one of the things that I found in my years of youth ministry is how important it is to work together. Um, how important it is to have an idea of, of a discipleship path for children from to the time they were born to when they graduate and go through college. Uh, and one of the ways to do that is to make sure that you are partnering with and communicating with uh, the other ministries in your church, especially between children's and youth ministry. So uh, that's what this conversation talks about, and I hope that you uh, enjoy it. That sounds great. Yeah, so without further ado, here's Russell's conversation with Lauren Bedavian. Hey, everybody. This is Russell Martin, and we're back with the Student Ministry Conversations podcast. And uh, this week, we have a special guest, a friend of mine who I've known for a while, um, uh, Lauren Bedevian, uh, and she is a, a children's ministry director. Um, and uh, I'm actually, I'm going to let her do more of her, her intro. So, Lauren, thank you for joining us. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today? You can do, you know, a, a full long sweep, or you can kind of just hit some highlights. Uh, but how did you get to where you are? What do you do? Uh, tell us about you. Yeah, Russell, thank you so much for having me today. I'm really honored to be here. Um, so like you said, uh, my name is Lauren Bedevian. I am currently serving at Memorial Drive United Methodist Church in Houston, Texas. I have been serving here as one of the children's directors since May of 2015. I basically grew up in the church. My dad is a United Methodist minister in the Texas Annual Conference. And from a young age, I started going to church and I was baptized in the United Methodist Church, confirmed in the United Methodist Church, was the youth president in the United Methodist Church, and I just went through the entire thing. When I was in high school, I met my very first children's ministry director. And I had always known that I wanted to work with kids, um, but I never knew really in what setting I wanted to do that until I met my very first children's director. And when I met her, I realized that this is exactly what God was calling me to do, to work into into a church setting um, with children. And uh, I learned that um, she had gone to a United Methodist uh, institution for higher education. And so I, sure enough, signed up to go to that same college. I started off uh, at Centenary College in Shreveport, Louisiana for two years, um, studying religious studies. 
And then I transferred to Pfeiffer University in Meisenheimer, North Carolina, um, continuing my education with a Christian education degree. Uh, my advisor at the time when I was in uh, Shreveport really suggested that for my line of work, working with children in a children's ministry setting, um, Pfeiffer University would be better fit for me. And so I made the transfer. Uh, all the while, my family remained in Texas and I made the big trip trek up north, although those people would probably say we're Southern. But for me as a Texas Southern girl going up to North Carolina, I mean, it had North in the name and everything. Uh, but no, I uh, got my degree in uh, 2010 in Christian education, and I started my very first job right out of college at a United Methodist Church in Lake Charles, Louisiana. And I uh, have been serving in churches since 2010 in children's ministries. I have had the opportunity to work alongside many different pastors, many different youth directors, many different adult directors, and even different children's directors as my current position. I'm one of two children's directors at our church that I'm currently serving. So that's kind of like a, in the nutshell of how I got from where, where I was to where I am now. Yeah. Um, and so if you're listening to this, you may be wondering, well, why are we talking to children's directors? Uh, this is a student ministry podcast. Uh, but one of the things that I have found uh, in my years of student ministry is working closely with uh, the children's directors and, and the ministries uh, working together. And so that's why I wanted to have uh, Lauren here uh, today was to talk maybe uh, some of those ways that, that we do that. What are some of the things to look out for? What are some of the joys? What are some of the frustrations and struggles? Because I know we've all had uh, each of those. Um and so uh, as we're thinking of, uh, you, we may have people here who are listening who have just always done student ministry. Um, so what are some of the things, maybe you tell us, maybe sell us on children's ministry. Why, why is it important? Um, what's unique about it? Um, why, why do you do it? Uh, just you know, expand that however you want to. Uh, one of the great things that I love about children's ministry is that we start from birth. From the very moment a child enters the world, children's ministries is involved. And so we get to walk along the side, aside the child from the very start of his or her life. Um, and that's one of the wonderful joys of being in children's ministry. Another unique thing about children's ministry um, that I enjoy is the interaction that we have with parents. Because um, you know, with children's ministry, children can't come to church. They can't come to Sunday school without somebody to bring them. Obviously, they don't have driver's licenses. They're likely not going to catch a bus. They're going to have to have a parent, an adult guardian of some sort who's going to bring them. And so the interaction that we get to have on a regular basis with those parents makes children's ministries special. When I'm thinking about the differences and the similarities between children and youth ministries. Um, a lot of times I've seen that there are some times where youth can get themselves to church without ever having a parent present, where in children's ministries, you can't quite have that same relationship with just solely a child. You have to have the relationship with their parent, which is also a complex relationship as well, because it's not only the relationship you have with a child, but with their parent. Um, in addition to the child. And so I guess one of my favorite things about children's ministry is 
being at the very front of their Christian education, their faith formation. Uh, they really don't have any preconceived notions of Christianity. Um, we are the very first ones to introduce that concept to them um, in more than not cases. Uh, whereas as they get older, they've had a lot of different influences, whether it be in their schooling or whether it's their home life um, or the youth program, uh, they have a lot of different preconceived notions they might come into in their faith walk where children's ministry, starting from the very beginning, we get to kind of set and help lay that foundation. Yeah. And I mean, as those are all def definitely thinking back with youth uh, and doing youth and doing children is, uh, and I'm really never, uh, I've always thought about it, but you brought it back up was the idea of the fact of parents dropping them off um, that you kind of at least have a little more of a relationship. Now, I know we still have uh, parents who drop kids off and, and do that, but um, there at least is a different deal. And also uh, you are uh, the first ones that they're hearing about um, uh, God from, hearing about faith from, hearing about about that. What What, what is that? Um, maybe talk a little bit more about, about that. Like, uh, I guess that's something I never, I didn't think of, um, is the fact that in youth, we're often either rethinking or dealing with doubts or dealing with those things. And those are not things that you deal with. You deal with the opportunity to to present that, uh, to present the gospel, to present uh, faith, to present church uh, for the first time. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure with that too, because you want to do it right. You know, you don't want their very first introduction of uh, Jesus, of the church to be one that's a fire and brimstone or something like, you know, you don't want it to be a, a turnoff for them. You want it to be an inviting, welcoming, hospitable opportunity for children to interact and engage with. And so the pressure to make it just right so that the children have that entry point into their own faith journey and into the church is just very important. Um, I found that a lot of times we're just going from the basics. You're introducing the basic concepts and you're not really getting the opportunity where you might in youth ministry or adult ministry to think critically about some of these concepts. You do in older elementary age, but when you're introducing the concepts of, of religion and faith formation to toddlers, you're just basically introducing them to who God is, who Jesus is, you know, why we love Jesus, why you should love Jesus. It's just a very basic level of love and uh, grace. And so that's kind of what we, what we do with children's ministries is the very basic, uh, you know, like I said, foundation, the very beginnings of what their potential could be. Well, that, that um, brings me to a thought is that as you are uh, in a church, you have uh, often, you have uh, children and youth, and depending on the size. So like some churches I know will have just one person for that, or some churches have nobody for that. Um, but no matter if you're a, a small church or a, a large church, if you have one person for everything or multiple people for uh, each age group, uh, still it is probably beneficial for a church to think this way. And I know not everybody does, but to think about um, how do we bring a child from newborn, at least through graduating high school. Um, I mean, I know like it'd be nice to think further than that, but but uh, college ministry, but let's think at least those times that we have, you know, those faithful church families who bring their, who have their child, they're born and they're going to be there for uh, 18 years. Um, how do you uh, look at that and how do you uh, work with your uh, church to kind of create that idea? Um, or do you have any thoughts about, about what y'all do or what you have seen with churches um, 
and how each ministry plays a part uh, in those. What do you teach maybe that's different? Or do you work with your uh, youth or uh, leaders to to kind of maybe say, hey, we want to teach this and y'all are taking this, or they say, hey, we want to do this. And you say, so uh, we're going to, um, you know, give these basics or whatever. So uh, I'll let you talk about it more than me because I just can confuse people. But um, we'll talk a little bit about that and about the relationship between in education and Christian education between both uh, groups of uh, uh, youth ministry and children's ministry. Yeah. So I think that there's a, um, oh, there's a lot of different ways that you can do it. And like you said, if there's one person who's in charge of all Christian education versus um, a church that might have a children's person, a youth person, an adult person, you're going to have to look at some sort of a discipleship pathway model. Um, you're going to have to look at what are you teaching um, at the beginning stages throughout, you know, from cradle to grave, as they would call it, you know, from birth to death. Um, our um, church currently doesn't have a model that necessarily works together. We do not currently um, have some sort of curriculum that the children use in a you know, they flows into a youth curriculum that flows into an adult curriculum. Uh, we're kind of in our own um, ministry capacities. Um, and I think that that's okay because you're going to have people come in at different stages of life as well. Like I've mentioned earlier, um, we in children's ministries enjoy being usually the first ones who get to introduce Jesus to kids, but you can't assume that that's always going to be the case for youth ministry either. And so if children's ministry is the only one who's doing an intro to Christianity and intro to Jesus and youth ministry never does that, then you're going to be missing some of those kids who enter into your youth program that never had that foundation of who is Jonah and who is Moses and all the basics that we might teach in children's ministry. And so I think to have a set curriculum where children's ministry is expected to teach this and youth ministry is expected to teach this and adult ministries is expected to teach this, you might be missing a few people that didn't come in via the right entry ramp. Um, of course, it works well that way in some churches. It, it really depends on your church context. Um, I think communication between the ministries is important because obviously if you're going to have them learning the same thing over and over again, you don't want to have the children go into the youth program that go into adult Sunday school classes that have, like, we've seriously learned the story of Jonah 20,000 times. They're really not anything else to Bible, but Jonah. Um, and so I think it's, it's important to have communication within your ministry areas. So that way I could tell you what the youth program curriculum is that they use. I could tell you what the adult program is that they use um, and how they all kind of flow with one another. Um, I think that that's very beneficial because it also strengthens the relationship that families can have. And so if, if we think about our children and youth contacts and our church contacts as a whole, we're really trying to build better families, uh, not necessarily just uh, individuals, but, you know, think of it as a person going out holistically. Um, that child, that youth fits into some sort of a family system and how can we minister to them as a family? Let's think about, you know, all of their life circumstances. It's kind of a complex question you're, you're having me think about. I'm, you know, trying to think about how I could be doing this better in my own ministry. You know, how, how do I need to be communicating better with our youth department that what do I teach the kids versus what they can teach um, 
their kids. And I know that we've had um, different courses that we've been teaching. Uh, there's a course called Wonderfully Made, and it's a, a little touchy because it's a, a sexual education context. Um, that's a class that they teach for fourth and fifth graders or fifth and sixth graders. And so our children's ministry covers that area. And we've seen um, lots of youth parents who come to our children's ministry and say, hey, can you teach this class to our youth? Because we didn't get this class for our youth, and now you're teaching it to the children, and we really want this program for our youth. Um, And so we've really been able to see those kind of interactions of how what we're teaching with our children you know, the youth people want in on that as well. And I'm sure that's the same thing as we have people who come to us all the time and see the amazing things that the youth get to do. And why can't we recreate that experience for the children? So it comes back again to communication, really being able to work with the ministry areas and find out who's learning what, when they're learning what, and how we can create better family systems. Well, I think it was great that you talked about families and uh, that because um, something that uh, I was re- reinforced when, when I was in youth ministry uh, and that I see as a pastor now is that um, you have, you know, maybe an hour or two hours or three hours a week uh, with your uh, children or youth, no matter what that is. Um, but parents have a lot longer time. So uh, this is important for children and for youth. And I think your answer will probably help uh, anybody in this range, but how do you, uh, empower families to do ministry. I mean, one of the things you talked about was maybe having things that they can talk about common, at least themes, if it's not the same curriculum, at least we know we're learning these type things. Uh, And this probably goes even with your, your uh, church and Sunday school and worship and things, but, but how can you, or how would you encourage someone? Let me try that again. What's the importance of empowering families uh, for doing that ministry? Uh, knowing that there is a lot more time they're spent with them because the old model was we drop our kids off and you take care of them. Right. Right. And we, we drop our kids off at church and you teach them about Jesus and we'll bring them back home. We'll do this. But we, we understand that that doesn't work. All the work with uh, sticky faith and uh, other, other resources, resources out there um, have shown us that that doesn't, that doesn't work, that the parents are still a great influence in the lives and the faith of their children. Um, So how do you help parents to be that influence? Uh, And, and, and if you do it in some way with the youth, I mean, how does your church help parents be that influence in the lives of their children? I think there's a lot of ways that you can do it. Um, And I want to definitely make sure that I'm including our youth friends on this because I can talk all day and night about children's ministry, but less about uh, youth ministry. So I want to make sure I'm including those youth workers in this. Um, But for me with children's ministry in particular, um, it's, it's really easy for us to go up on a Sunday morning and do a children's time and sing God you know, God loves us and Jesus loves me and all that kind of stuff. Um, And it have nothing in relations to the sermon. But what I found, and I've gotten a lot of uh, compliments on, is if we take the children's time and make sure that it is a, you know, pre-sermon for building up to what the pastor is about to speak on, um, you're not only engaging the children, but you also are engaging the adults. More times than not, I've had an adult come up to me and say they really appreciated my children's time and they got a lot more out of it than they even did the sermon. No offense, pastors, bosses, don't fire me. Anyways, 
Uh, <laughs> no, um, but it's it's including the children in those conversations because a lot of times children, youth included, can be left out of the faith conversations. And so if we are able to um, combine our resources and talk about the things that the adults are talking about, then I think that that is better um, that better equips the parents and the guardians to take care of their kids. Um, and so children's time is just one of those ways that we do it. And I know that might not touch on the youth, but the next part is Bible studies. Um, our pastors and our young families at our church and in my previous church have always done some sort of a pastor's Bible study. And one of the ways that I like to include our children in that is I take the themes of whatever the pastor is talking about and I create a children's curriculum that goes alongside it. Now, it doesn't always relate perfectly, of course, because there's going to be some topics like when our pastor did a revelation study that's going to be real hard to do for children, right? Um, but if I can get the general concepts of what the adults are going to be learning and give that to the children, I've really found and had a lot of feedback that's positive from parents saying that, oh, I didn't realize that they were going to be learning the same thing. And now I can talk about you know, what we learned and what the kids learned around the dinner table. And I can talk about it on the car ride home. It gives me kind of an opening um, as a parent who might be a little bit unsure or weary of how do I approach this subject with my kid? Well, if the kid, the youth, whatever, have been already kind of introduced to the subject via their ministries, then it kind of opens up the opportunity for the adults to have that same conversation. If families have the opportunity to learn similar things, then that gives them an entry point. And, and I think that that's hugely beneficial because like you said, we only have on a, you know, a given week, maybe maybe two hours if we're lucky, because you'll have one hour of Sunday school, then maybe an extra hour of youth group or an extra hour of some sort of a Bible study during the week. But the rest of their Christian formation is all focused on their parent or guardian. And so we can only do so much in our, in our time that we have. But if we are using that time that we have to equip parents to feel led to have conversations with their children, then that just sets them up for success, in my opinion. And you just have to be able to will, be willing to have those conversations and work with another ministry area. Because if I was able to just pick a children's curriculum that I thought looked good or a youth curriculum that I thought looked good, the kids would enjoy it. I would have a great time teaching it. But in the end, does that really build up the family? Mm, maybe, maybe not. Uh, and so I think, you know, again, going back to communication, you just can't... Com- uh, you know, over communicate really. You just have to work with other ministry areas to form, you know, a family system that is going to work for your church. And I, and I know there are many ways to do that. Um, there are some, some are just having those conversations and picking the same type things or at least covering the same type topics. I know there's curriculums uh, that go through and have kind of a children's uh, focus and a kid's focus. Um, I know that uh, I got a, just got a chart from Grow. Um, and we had L. Campbell on uh, a couple of weeks ago talking about volunteers and youth ministry. Um, and uh, she was talking about the fact that they they line out theirs until you can pick a, the same topics on down and with adults. And I've even thought about, uh, I've thought about taking my kids and children's and youth curriculum and then doing a series on that for adults based on what they're doing. And so once we get all lined up and do that, we'll do that. And it's not something you have to do every week. It's not something you have to do all the time, but but it does give those connection points. So as a children's ministry director, what are some things that you appreciate 
or that you wish that youth leaders understood or did or thought about in relations to in relationship to children's ministry? How can youth leaders help you out uh, as a children's director? Uh, yeah, so I've been very fortunate to have really great interactions with uh, youth programs in all my areas that I've worked with. Um, one of the biggest things that I think I wish that children's and youth would do better together is understanding um, if youth workers would understand that our children adore their teenagers, adore their teenagers with everything that they have. And to create more opportunities for the teenagers to interact with the children would be so, so special. Um, I think having opportunities where the youth department is willing to engage in Sunday school, uh, where a youth program would say, you know what, every other month, once a quarter, our youth program is going to take over children's Sunday school and our youth program is going to lead the children in Sunday school. That's so huge. And not just because you're giving us volunteers and leadership for that week, but really because our children just cannot get enough of the teenagers. They want to be just like these grown kids. And to have that relationship with the children and the youth is just so important. One of the great things in all the churches I've served um, is during vacation Bible school time, how we'll have so many teen helpers step up during that time. And for a youth department to encourage that with their teenagers, for the youth department to step up and say, you know, we as adult leaders are going to also serve in children's ministries. That just is really a helpful thing to connect our ministries better. Um, and not only selfishly because it gives us adult bodies and teen bodies, but really because these children are going to be there someday too. And to start building that relationship from when they're children to then getting to see them in their youth ministry departments, it's really starting the relationship where we get to see them. Um, so it's, I think, a mutually beneficial relationship for the adults to be involved in children's ministries, for the youth to be involved in children's ministries, um, to take under consideration when they're planning their mission trips and field trips and night events that, um, you know, obviously try not to schedule it over a week of VBS. And our, my current church is great about that. They do really well in making sure that, you know, we have their mission trips one part of the, the summer and our vacation Bible school is another part. But, um, you know, again, going back to communication, you know, staying in relationship with one another to say, hey, we're thinking about this big event. How does this impact you? Um, and I'll kind of take on another approach. I want to be involved in youth ministry as well. I want to be able to help youth ministry. Um, at my previous church, um, they were having a lock-in one night, and I asked the youth director if I could chaperone for like the midnight to 6 a.m. shift, you know, the one that nobody really wants to do. Um, because as a children's ministry director, I have seen some of those kids grown up too. And I remember them when they were in kindergarten. And I remember when I gave them their third grade Bible and now they're in youth group and, you know, spraying each other with silly string and stuff like that. And I want to be there for those grown up kid moments as well. Um, so as a children's director, allow me to enter into those spaces with you as well. Let me come in and be a chaperone on a mission trip with you. Um, I think there's definitely a mutually beneficial relationship that we can have um, with one another. And, and if, you know, churches only have one person, because I know there are some churches who have a 
children's youth adult minister, a director of Christian education, all wrapped up into one. Uh, finding ways that those ministries can interact with one another is something I feel is so simple. It can be over a meal. It can be over a prayer. It can be over a Bible study. Uh, you can just find so many different ways to interact with one another. Um, I, I hope that most youth people would understand that our children yearn for opportunities to build relationships and they really want to build relationships with those big kids. We want to be just like those big kids. And so if youth departments would give us the opportunity to work together, um, that would be amazing. That was something I always understood for myself too, was that um, my youth group is going to be made up of, of some of the kids who, who come in with their friends, but every year I've got a group of sixth graders or fifth graders who are becoming sixth graders who are, are part of the youth group. And uh, I always found it helpful whenever um, my students at least would, you know, have, have interactions with them and uh, would be familiar with them and know them uh, through vacation Bible school or through helping with Sunday school uh, or whatever. It made, it made that transition even easier uh, for those uh, going in from children uh, to youth and they helped them to know, know who they were um, doing that. Uh, so, uh, we have a little bit of time. And so that's another question I had was uh, there always will come a time. It depends on your church. Sometimes it's, it's earlier. Sometimes it's later as far as fifth, sixth grade, seventh grade, whatever. Um, but there's a time whenever your children go from children to youth ministry and you see them off and you don't see them every week like you normally did. Uh, what are some of the ways that you have done to help with that transition uh, to help either the kids, to help the parents, to help the youth, uh, to make that transition? Are there some uh, uh, formal things you've done as far as ceremonies or worship services or anything, or even informal? What are some of the ways that you make sure that your children are ready for youth? And how can the youth uh, welcome in specifically those new, uh, whatever they are, the, the new youth uh, into their program at whatever time that happens? Yeah, so I've been in two different church settings, uh, or even more than that for my internship years, but um, that either you went to youth group when you were in confirmation, that's when you started youth group, or like my current church I'm serving, uh, you go to youth once you've graduated confirmation. So you start after confirmation. So I've seen it done both ways. The best way um, that I've seen it done is whenever the youth group um, has some sort of a kickoff event where they welcome all the entering youth group age children um, to kind of give them an introduction to what youth group is like. Um, this might be a time when they invite all the other ages of the youth group, or it might just be a time that's exclusive to the newly incoming um, children. I don't want to say a certain grade because it might be seventh right. grade in some areas or sixth grade in some areas, um, but whatever the grade that might be, um, to really hold a time of welcoming welcoming them into their community. And um, that starts off by getting that information from the children's program to the youth program, because how are they to welcome children when they don't know who those children are? Um, and so being again in communication with the children's staff, if there is a children's staff, is really important. Finding out um, the regular kids that you have in those lower grades and getting contact information for them, sharing that contact information, um, and then being able to reach out to those kids and invite them into the space. Um, 
for us, um, my current church, you exit children's ministry when you're in confirmation, when you've graduated or you've confirmed. And so with us, that's a sixth grade time and your confirmation ceremony is kind of like your celebration, your graduation from children's ministry. And so the entry point into youth group would be basically when you have promotion Sunday and you have back to church Sunday and you've started there and then boom, youth group happens. But um, our church has done, like what I mentioned earlier, a kind of a welcome to the youth program gathering where they welcome them into the space, had their, you know, fun foods, their traditional foods that they had. They played their games that they would traditionally like for youth group and kind of had a welcoming point where the kids kind of had an entry, an intro to what the youth program was all about Um, and kind of having a starting kickoff point that's before you actually begin youth program, I think is good because it kind of gets everybody on a level playing field that says, here's where we are. Congratulations. You've finished children's ministries. Welcome into youth ministries. Um, And it also shows that the youth people are celebrating the time that the children have had in children's ministries and ready to welcome them into a new era of life. Um, And so being open to having some sort of a welcome opportunity for those is, I think, a, a really important thing. Um, And it just continues. I can't say enough about communication because how do you know who those kids are unless you reach out to the children's program? Um, How do you know who those kids are if you don't have a relationship with them already from the beginning? Um, And so I found that it's really, really important for us to be able to keep those records and share those records. And sometimes churches have big systems where they can, you know, click one button and find those. Um, But there's other churches that I've been at that don't have those kind of records. It's all a paper trail. And if somebody goes missing, you've lost all that wealth of information because it's not on a computerized system. Um, And so being able to show um, and communicate who your ringers are, because you're going to have children uh, and parents in your children's ministry who will go into the youth ministry ready to go and very excited. And then you're going to have some that are going to need some more encouraging. And so knowing who those uh, families are uh, is going to be important to getting a, a good start. Uh, so again, communication, man, it's it's really important to knowing <laughs> who, who we are um, and how we work as a team. So I really can't say enough about that. Speaking of uh, ringers and working as a team, I know one of the places that uh, a lot of times uh, ministries don't fight, but they do, uh, you know, try to try to try to talk to people and and try to compete a little bit uh, is in the area of volunteers. Uh, so a lot of times you have volunteers who are uh, in uh, different, uh, you know, who, who are really big in children's ministry. Um, and I've had some who were in children and when their kid graduated from children, they're like, we're staying there. Um, we're not going to go anywhere. We love it. Uh, and we don't want to be with our teen. Um, I've had some who definitely want to move up. Um, I talked to my, when I, when I found my volunteers, uh, one of the things I told them is I would look for those who had kids who were like third grade, second grade. And I said, come help me build the youth program that your kids are going to be a part of. And it was interesting to watch. Some of them did that. They, they built the program that their kids are now in, uh, and a, a part of, um, but so, how do you work with, uh, do you, uh, you know, particularly go after volunteers in one way or the other? Uh, how do your, uh, and with your youth ministry, uh, do y'all just have your own people and nobody's going to ever cross? Or do y'all talk about, hey, this person's coming up and, and they're going to be great. 
and they'll be great for youth or um, uh, vice versa. <laughs> kind of give us some tips on how you can work with youth ministry when it comes to recruiting and to holding and utilizing volunteers the best. Uh, yeah, so youth ministry just needs to stay away from children's ministry volunteers, period. No touching them. Don't move them. We need them. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I had a, I had one case uh, recently um, of a, a very great young woman, and she's actually dating one of our youth staff. And she said, hey, I'm going to go on the, um, you know, the youth, you know, spiritual life retreat weekend. I was like, well, don't get any ideas. You're still a Sunday school teacher for me. Like, I'll let you go this one time, but uh, you cannot switch to the dark side. <laughs> uh, I think uh, it's really good to share volunteers when able. Um, it's very good to share insight on what volunteers are going to be beneficial and which ones that you might need a little work um, with. Uh, it's really hard because everybody has a different focus that they want to be with. Um, more times than not, I've probably found that um, for my recruiting in children's ministry, I strongly rely on the parents of the children who are currently in our system. Um, I have not reached out personally to children with older um, youth. The only time I've really been able to reach out to children with older teens is those times when um some of the teens are reluctant to go to Sunday school or reluctant to be a part of the youth group. And so one of the ways that I get them involved is I say, well, I understand you don't want to go to youth Sunday school, but how would you feel about teaching my kindergarten class? And then over the years of them teaching in kindergarten or over the hopefully not years, but months, I can get that relationship to a point where I can then encourage them to be involved in the youth department. Um, I think being able to share volunteers and, you know, help each other out is wonderful. I think it's an ideal relationship that you would have with your congregation. Um, whether it works out, that's just a constant struggle. I know everyone just basically is desperate for volunteers in their ministry areas. If we had if the magical wand to decide, like, here's how you get volunteers, then we would not be having this conversation, right? But it's it's something that I attend workshops and conferences on and you're just not going to, to be able to do it unless you build relationships. And it goes back to being involved in the kids' lives and being involved in the parents' lives, um, being involved in uh, friending them on social media accounts and knowing their troubles and knowing their joys and reaching out to them on a personal level. Um, you know, because you can't just put up a bulletin and, you know, notice, and you can't even just say it from the pulpit, like we need volunteers. You're really going to have to engage in building relationships with people before you can get to that point where they're going to want to serve alongside you. You're going to want to show that your ministry has value and why even serve in this ministry to begin with. And if you haven't proven that your ministry or even you as a person is worthy of following, then what's going to make people attracted to you or your ministry area? Um, and so that's that's really important is building relationships with people. That's one of the things I, I work really, really hard on to help find more volunteers. And I have had success in it because I've had people tell me, look, you are the reason that we are continuing to volunteer. Uh, you know, you obviously care about us. You care about your job. You've proven that this ministry is a worthy ministry and um, it, it works. So 
you know, finding ways to relate to people is going to go a long way when you're recruiting people. Um, yeah, I definitely agree. And that's one of the things that we've, you know, worked hard on is, is every church is looking to find those volunteers. Uh, one of the things you said, though, uh, might cause a, a youth director's heart to stop a little bit uh, is, you know, well, if a kid's not coming to youth program, then you're going to have them teaching in, in Sunday school. Tell me a little bit more about that. And have, has that caused any, in any churches that you've been in, has that been an issue? Um, it's personally something we did. And we, we use it the same way you do, uh, a, a couple of ways to, to help people be involved. If they weren't going to come to our program anyway, it was great to help. But also, also um, for me, it, it, a student serving in a capacity, uh, I encourage that because that means that, that that's beyond them coming and playing my silly game um, and, and listening and such. And uh, so what are some of the ways that you would tell a youth director, hey, it's not, I'm not stealing your kids. Um, it's going to be okay. What are some of the benefits of having students uh, volunteer? Because you said earlier, you know, have kids take over a week of Sunday school. But what if you have a student who's like, would be, is a great, you know, Wednesday night or Sunday night or Sunday school or whatever volunteer? How do you encourage that? How do you talk with the, the youth leaders and those relationships and parents? Um, and also, how do you make it where a kid's not just not getting out of something so they can come, you know, where you are a, a way for them to help and be using their gifts, not just like it's children's church and we don't want to listen to the, the real sermon. So we're going to go to uh, hang out with the kids and escape and, and such. So what are some of the, the conversations around that? Yeah. So one of the big things is, is if the child is not willing to come and sit in church or if they're not willing to go to a youth Sunday school, then they're not coming to church at all. And so offering them an entry point that they're going to be familiar with, they're going to feel comfortable with is a way to get them in. And hopefully, ideally, you're going to be able to build a relationship with that student well enough so that you'll be able to communicate with the youth staff in a way that will get an opening into another area of their life. And so, for example, if I have a child, um, I call them children, but they're really youth, young adults. Uh, if I have a young adult who's helping me with Sunday school, I'm getting to know them more. I'm not just kind of putting them in a room and leaving them alone. I'm getting to really know them. I'm texting them. I'm on their social media. Um, and I'm really kind of figuring out who they are as a person because they have offered to let me in. And so I have an entry point, whereas a youth staff might not have gotten that opportunity to have an entry point. My goal is once I've gotten them in, I'm going to move them up. Um, I'm not hoping to keep them forever in my ministry. I want them to get connected to an area where they're really going to get their own personal growth. Now, I'm not saying that teaching Sunday school as a youth for children, because I did it myself. Um, Sorry to my high school um, youth leaders, but I, I would skip um, Sunday school because I wanted to go be with the children because um, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Um, but I found that this happened to me also is that my children's director at the time when I was uh, in high school was also finding ways to encourage me of what I needed to be doing in the youth program. And so to keep that relationship with the child, the youth, and with the adult directors is important. Um, you know, finding out that 
a person who's taught Sunday school for you has a football game coming up and letting the youth program staff know, hey, this person has a football game coming up and maybe you could, you know, attend. Um, being able to initially build that relationship and share that information is going to be so helpful for everyone involved. Um, I had a, uh, a youth person um, recently who decided she wasn't going to go to youth Sunday school, but she was going to be teaching in uh, one of our nursery classes, right? And so she was working in our nursery and she sent, you know, graduated, went to college, and I still kind of had this relationship with her. Well, I found out, you know, she was having a rough time in college. School, you know, is not easy. And so I was able to communicate that to our youth staff and our youth staff was able to reach out to her continually. And so being able to have a relationship with a person is just so important. And I hope that it would be um, the same way for a youth program. If the youth program got to know an adult that constantly had a child that wasn't comfortable in children's ministries, that eventually a youth staff would you know, get to a point where they knew what the child was going through and would share that information with our children's staff. And we could reach out to the child in a, a special way. Um, just being able to share and communicate that knowledge of information um, is a way that we can help mutually, you know, benefit one another and help each other better our ministries. Because what you don't know, you you may never know. But if I'm willing to share that information with you, then, you know, together we've, you know, just furthered the kingdom, really. Well, uh, so communication is definitely, I mean, we've talked about that several, many times in here. And, and I see that as two things. One, I see it as a way, uh, sorry, I see the youth being involved in the other ministries. Uh, one, as a way um, for somebody who can't, who's, who's not comfortable or, or shy or, or whatever reason is not going in youth. And also, on the other hand, I see it as a way of a student who's living out their uh, call and already discerning their call, just like you talked about helping with children. Um, you may, I mean, uh, I can, you know, think back on, on students who, um, they still were involved with youth. They came to our Bible study or whatever, but at Sunday school time, they went and served, um, or during youth time, they helped with the kids or whatever. And, and they were still involved. They, they actually came to everything, but they chose to take, Hey, I'm going to sacrifice my hour of, uh, Sunday night youth or my hour of Sunday school or whatever it was. And it wasn't an escape. Um, it wasn't running away from something they didn't want to do. It was actually being drawn to, and that's how they were living that out. Um, and so as a pastor and as a youth director, I encourage that because, um, I mean, if we can get somebody serving when they're, when they're 15, 16, uh, as opposed to, Hey, you have to wait until you're, you're 20 to, to serve or to lead or to do a, uh, some, you know, to lead a Bible study. And, and it's a great way. I mean, it helps with safe sanctuary stuff. It helps with other things. If you, if it's a, you know, my 16 year old can lead, uh, you know, fourth grade Sunday school with another adult in there and, and, you know, all the stuff taken care of. Um, and it's also less intimidating. It's a little easier, like you said, to maybe uh, teach, teach concepts. Uh, you're teaching simpler concepts to five-year-olds or, or uh, second graders than you are talking about, you know, with students. So yeah. definitely see that as a, an advantage. And, well, um, we could talk forever probably, but we probably shouldn't do that. Um, and there's probably there's several things that I would love to go back and hit on and we'll save for another time. But uh, as we wrap up, is there anything that you would like to, any final thoughts, anything you would like to share um, with this or anything else you want to say? Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah, like I said, we could probably have a part two on all the different things that we could do uh, together, right? Um, 
you know, I can't overemphasize the importance of, of communication with your ministry areas. I um, would love the invitation to be involved more in youth programming. Uh, and I hope that they would feel the same way that they would want to be involved with our children's ministry programming. Um, you never know unless you ask. And so uh, don't be afraid to ask, I guess. Um, I, I sometimes get a little bit intimidated because I know that youth ministry has a lot going on. And so I'm always kind of afraid to reach out to them and put one more thing on their plate. But I know from my standpoint, if they would ask me to get involved in something, uh, helping out, doing a some sort of a pumpkin patch fundraiser with them, I'd be more than happy to get involved. But uh, we always kind of tiptoe around each other because we know we're all busy in ministry. I would just encourage people to um, ask to get involved with one another, to communicate with one another. Um, and that way we can just uh, further the kingdom together. Awesome. Well, um, I'm sure there's somebody listening that may want to get a hold of you. That may either be children, they may have a children's director and said, hey, I just need somebody to talk to my children's uh, person or a youth leader or just somebody looking for more information on what you talked about. So what are the ways that we can connect with you, social media, email, or how would, how would somebody get a hold of you if they wanted to? Yeah, absolutely. I'm very accessible. Um, I'm all over social media. You can uh, find me on Facebook at Lauren Bedevian. You can find me at Memorial Drive United Methodist Church. I run our Facebook page for our kids, which is MDUMC Kids. You can like us and follow us on Facebook. You can friend me on social media. I'm always happy to uh, join in on those conversations there. Um, or you can look up our church information. You can go to mdumc.org and find my contact information there. It has a phone number. If you want to physically write out an, uh, a card, you can. If you want to fax us, you can do that. Smoke signal, whatever, whatever your mode of communication is, we we have it, and so I'm happy to communicate with people about children's ministry, about youth ministry, um, about foster parenting, and all that kind of stuff. Anything that you uh, would like to chat about, I am very open because I, I believe that um, communicating and networking with one another is only going to make us better. And so, the more we reach out to one another, the more we uh, network, the better we will become. And not only um, I don't say that I have everything to offer you because I really don't. You, I'm really getting a lot from you. So please reach out to me and teach me your ways as well. <laughs> well, Lauren, thank you for joining us. And uh, I hope to talk with you again uh, soon. Uh, but uh, until then, I will uh, say goodbye and we'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you. Hey, thanks for joining us today. We hope you were encouraged and inspired by this week's episode and that you found tools that you can use as you pour into the lives of students. Yeah, and as always, if you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, please leave a comment and a rating on whatever you're listening on. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, even YouTube. Just click like, share, subscribe. Uh, We would appreciate that so much. Also, if you know someone else who would benefit from this conversation, let them know, uh, tag them, share this with them, and also make sure and tag us at Talk Student Men uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now, Brent, next week, you are bringing us a brand new episode. So why don't you take just a moment and share what we're going to be hearing next week? Yeah, so this week I sat down with Dustin Phillips. He's an associate pastor and children's minister in East Texas, 
but he also runs a video game streaming ministry where he openly talks about his faith and shares the gospel through TikTok and Twitch. And we are going to sit down and talk about how to reach video gamers with the gospel. Well, that is definitely something you will not want to miss. So make sure and tune in, join, subscribe, make sure you are able to hear the conversation next week. Just a reminder, studentministryconversations.org, show notes and links from this episode. Uh, just search for this week's episode number in the search bar. Um, and we also have other helpful posts as well. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, we hope that you will join us next week for Brent's conversation with Dustin, and we'll see you next time.